I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Autocar Podcast. 10 uh, of the Autocar Podcast, My Week in Cars, with me, Matt Pryor, and Steve Cropley. Hello, Stephen. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Yeah, ten, ten of them. What's I going know. on? Well, this was going to be the last, wasn't it? But I had a meeting last week and they want us to carry on. Amazing. Yeah, I know. Why Honestly. would that be? I've no idea, mate. I've no idea, but they like it and we like it, so that's all fine. Yeah, so yeah. over the next half an hour or so, Steve and I are going to be expanding on our respective Autocar columns. Uh, Steve's is called A Week in Cars, and mine is called uh, Tester's Notes. And uh, those columns, actually, mate, they're only available in the mag on digital or print. And they don't put them online anymore, do they? they no, 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 no. I think l- it's supposed to drive people to the magazine. Drive people to the mag, yeah. And a lot of the features that are in Autocar Mag do not make it onto autocar.co.uk, where you can find lots of news and reviews. Which means, if you want to read them, you can buy the mag. You can get it on digital subscription or in print and... I mean, it's that time of year, I would say, if I was thinking, what shall I get the person in my life who needs a decent Christmas present? I mean, it's the perfect... A sub. Well, a sub is perfect. my traditional sub, by the way, is a motorcycle magazine which which comes to me once a year from my mother-in-law, and oh, what right. a fine woman she is. Yeah, exactly. So if you are thinking, who, to, what shall I get for that for that person in my life, a subscription to Autocar is the answer. Anyway, this week we are going to be talking about vintage cars, of proper vintage cars, uh, veteran cars actually, rather Veterans, vintage cars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a new uh, car that looks like a vintage car, a new version of an older car, and much more besides, including your correspondence. Now, you can write to us at autocar at haymarket And Arno de Thur has done exactly that from Switzerland. He says, "I'm catching up on autocar." So reading your testers' notes from about a month ago, which you touched on in your podcast, which is where you dread to see a Citroen Zara Picasso on the road, because I maintain. The worst driven car in the UK. Indeed, it is. Arno says during his time in London, he used to slightly dread seeing uh, all black seal E class Mercedes Benzes in London, which he was uh, cautious about. I think there's private hire vehicles at that at that point. But in his spot uh, back in Switzerland, the local Zara Picasso is, in his view, the same Ibiza, 
about 300 metres behind you on the motorway, already flashing its lights to get past, usually about 10 years old and uh, somewhat modded. And if it has a bonus, bonus point for the tuning is not a crime sticker on it. And also a shout out to the Subaru Impreza. It's apparently badly driven in Switzerland. Yeah, right. So there you go. But I think this is slightly different, isn't it? You're yeah, talking about so. aggressive person. Mm. We're talking about a a car driven with a person who just couldn't care less just about driving. Give, just couldn't give a monkey. Yeah. And I think that your original point is is um, is added to by the fact that we have not had mail from Zara Picasso. <laughs> no, I was in. We have in stern defence no, of the. I've had one person on Twitter say they have one and that they are an exception to the to the rule, which and which I believe because you know if you are a car if you are a weird car person, but the thing is as we as we discussed at the time, it's not a bad car, is it? It was never a bad car. No, but necessarily, it's just owned by people who don't don't care, who don't care, yeah, who genuinely yeah. don't care. But yeah, anyway, thank you for uh, your note on it. We'll um, send you a My Week in Cars mug. Wacko, they're out. Yeah, we can send them. Yep, yeah, we're out. I, I need to start sending the addresses out and then they will start arriving. But anyway, on to the show. And let's start with uh, your week in car, Steve, and the first bit of it London to Brighton Veteran Car Run. Yeah, well, uh, I was not in it this year, mm. but I, because of my, I have a connection with the British Motor Museum. Every year they run six or seven of their, their veterans, pre 1905 cars, um, for various people. And this year I. Um, um, fitted our ed- editor uh, Mark Tishaw and our uh, news reporter Will Rimmel in mm-hmm. into a Rover, the world's oldest Rover, 1904, okay. and it was all. Everybody was excited, and it was a lovely car. And they went round to the museum and did some driving lessons, and all was right with the world. And then along came Sunday, and it was the worst, um, the worst conditions in living memory. They, yeah. It was an utter and complete deluge from one end of the 60 miles to the other. Mm. And they survived it. Everybody, you know, in a museum car made it, and most of everybody finished. But then you were there at the finish. I walked, yeah, I went down to to see a few of them finish, and it was dry-ish on the <laughs> seafront. But it had been very, raining very, very heavily, and it did drizzle a bit while I was there. And yeah, people came through absolutely soaked. But the, so the whoever's on the MC sticks their microphone in front of the drivers as they as they arrive at the finish line and say how was it and they also it was pretty wet you know pretty miserable but but we've had a great time and the other thing you know somebody says oh this car has been in the family since it was new in 1903 whatever and I love the idea that these things are passed down as heirlooms it's very moving isn't it yeah and in a hundred two hundred 500 years time who knows these things might still They'll be going still I mean, be we're in an age of machinery being relatively new but yeah. people do have 100 year old urns and you know 100 so what yeah so what age could you keep running these things if you can get the fuel and you can keep manufacturing the spare bits if anything does wear out you know well, i love the idea another. that these are you know that these things could be you yeah. know, the same way that you could move into a thousand-year-old house you know you don't could, you love you the notion thousand-year-old car in it there are, there, there are cars in that event that did the first one yeah you know they That's were there for that for, to, so you know it was a celebration of the repeal of the red flag act mm. where the bloke had to walk in front of you with a red flag and all that the first <clears throat> and a bunch of madmen set off from london to drive to brighton and some of the cars that did that the very first time were in that event on sunday the very uh, the very first one is that was that a was that I think the, the red flag out was eighteen ninety. The red flag out was eighteen ninety six, I think. Yeah. But I don't think they held the event for a while later. Oh, they, they, they did the a commemorative few event. Different places took a few 
took a few years to start up again. Gotcha. But, but but the original, what it celebrates is these blokes heading off for Brighton yeah. at what they thought was high speed because they didn't have to have a bloke walking four miles from, an hour. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's spectacular. I mean we've I've got an offer to do it again next year, which I will, must take up because I'd love to do it. Just yeah. yeah, fantastic. So this Rover though is not as baffling to drive as some old cars can be. No, say. it's got it's got a column change. It's got the pedals in the right position. But the the museum has a has a Wolseley which has got the pedals reversed so the clutch is where the brake is going to be and vice versa oh and I think just for good measure there's a central throttle as well oh perfect um, but the Rover has a column change you know which is understandable and it has the pedals in the right place but it has in set into the wood rim wheel there are twist grip controls for the timing you know the advance mm. retard and for the for the throttle so to go faster you, you twist part of the steering wheel rim it's really cool. interesting. That is interesting, isn't it? That must Good, be though. a complicated mechanism. Yeah, there's a, it's chain driven, believe it or not. There's okay. a there's a it, you know, these days we're used to signals going down the steering column electronically, but yeah. this has got a chain that leads off the off a little pulley, you know, which is, in, is set into the steering wheel. That's, that's spectacular. amazing. Yeah, that's spectacular. Oh, I'd love to see that a bit closer up. I must have a look. Um, that's Sunday, and then an old car that well a new car that looks like an old car this week you've spent a bit of time well no that's a bit harsh actually the old Morgan three wheeler looked like an old car but the new Morgan Super 3 you've been finding rather more about actually to, to say it looks like an old car is a bit harsh isn't it, it yeah it doesn't it, it it's there is a space jet age space age edge to it and you spent some time with John Wells who is the chief designer yeah the the chief design, design officer, officer they call yeah. him now yeah he uh, but but I mean basically the father of the car and what they did was to, you know, they like three-wheelers. They want to have an international market. You can sell a three-wheeler because it's a form of a motorcycle. You can sell yeah. that much more easily in America and in Germany and in oh, Japan and in Australia than you yeah. can a, a four-wheel car. Mm. Um, so they built this three-wheeler on entirely modern principles, but influenced by the original Morgan of 1909. Mm. So it's a really interesting car, but they've... What John was at pains to tell us was that and this was an event also in the museum. It was a, a first beginning of a sort of evening with uh, things we're going to do, Bentley and, you know, Aston Martin and a few others. Oh, cool. But the plan, <clears throat> what he was saying is that we have applied modern principles of design and modern materials to this this age-old, um, you know, mechanical layout and look at what we've produced. And, of course, it is terrific. You can, you know... It's it's spacious. It drives beautifully. Well, I shouldn't be saying this. You know, you've been. Well, we've do, yeah, we've. Uh, we, it was in our Britain's Best Drivers Car contest, which is out in a couple of weeks, and we've done the first drive. I lo I love it, mate. I love it. And what I like about it particularly is the idea that the design and the engineering things are so intrinsically linked together because it's small, because it's light. And John speaks about this brilliantly, doesn't he? He says, you know, you have to give every item on it more than one job if you can That's so it. it's got those casting those aluminium castings at the front which yeah. which do they well they support the it? engine yeah and they also are mountings for the um suspension arms obviously and they and they also provide a there's a the, you know they look right yeah you know yeah. there's some really little lovely ribs casted in mm. them and so, so they do three jobs yeah yeah and i just and that's it's those details everywhere all over it that yeah. I just get really excited about. Beautiful instrumentation. Yeah. Yeah. There's all of, of all the cars that uh, I can think of on the spur of the moment. That is, that is a supreme example of a car that that 
can contain fantastic stuff without costing mm. an arm and a leg. You know, mm. there's too much of, of uh, presumption that uh, that that money means merit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great, great, great fun. About about forty five thousand pound basic, I think something yeah. like that. And there's, I mean, there are options, but not that many no. specific. And actually, you're a configurator man, Steve. I uh, am. Your I configurator am. illness. <laughs> How long have you spent on the Morgan Super Three? Oh, I wouldn't be more than two hours. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Tempted. Oh, I am. Yeah, God, yeah. I am. But but uh, the thing is, I've not even worked out what my colour would be yet. You know, mm. I, I reckon I've spent about two hours on this, and mm. uh, I haven't even come up with a, with a, with a, a firm decision about what the colour would be. It's so. hard, isn't it? There's a lot you can choose. Like the um, there's some basic colours up there, but can't you just sort of like tweak pretty much anything you want? Yeah, there's a there's a there's a rainbow thing, and you can move yeah. your cursor down the rainbow, so you can have. There's a, what amount to an infinite number of colours, yeah. and and there's a, a lot of different, um, a lot of different uh, you know upholstery types. But I I must say in decisions like that, I like the basic stuff. Mm. You know, the, there's a very good. I think they just call it a technical fabric, which is, I think, is made out of crushed plastic water bottles. And, and yeah, uh, I like that. I like and that. It, you know, it's it's strong enough for. To withstand anything you like, you can stand on it. You know, mm. it just doesn't stain. It would perfect. All that. Yeah, it's all sort of outdoor motorcycle grade waterproof. Everything is yeah, it? because it's exactly. because it's that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. a bit of marine engineering chucked in for good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. We had one the other week that came with a sort of wooden effect on the dash, which I wasn't as enthralled with with, I, with the one I first drove, which does have that kind of technical yeah. look, and it's that kind of the idea of. I don't know the sort of Jetsons style. This yeah. is what the future would have looked like in the nineteen sixties about its design, especially because the bodywork is stressed now, isn't it? And so it's got that sort of tautness to the panels and everything. Yeah, I just think it's yeah, it's just um, beautiful. It's a extruded aluminium monocoque now, isn't it? Mm. Um, now just just tell me this one. You have you were a pretty um, stern admirer of the of the V twin, the pre, the outgoing car. Yeah. What. What were you thinking when you got in the new one? What did you think? I, uh, with reference to the old one. With reference to the old one, it's it it doesn't feel like a classic car straight away. That's the thing. It feels like it has and all the old of the all of the yeah. I think so, and I think you probably have to treat it a, a bit like one in terms of the sort of integrity and the the engineering and the and the build. I think if you sort of use, yeah, I think so. And I think I remember we drove one and you could sort of see that the the exhaust might sort of rub in bits on the bodywork and stuff like that and. With the new one, it just feels more thoroughly engineered, you yeah. know, properly, and it. But it's still got all of the charm of the original. And I was a bit worried that the engine, because it's that Ford little Ford triple, might not have the character of the old V twin. But actually, it's got a slightly fruity exhaust, not too antisocial, but it just makes that little bark that I know it's a cliche. People say it sounds like half a nine eleven, but there is that triple edge. To it, which you know, that slightly offbeat thrum. So it's not like, no like. disappointment. No, absolutely not. I thought it was great. It's one of my favourite cars yeah. of the year, and I love the fact that you can go down the road in it, and it just wants you to have fun. it wants you to have fun. You know, it just you you sort of push it down second to give. You know, it moves around a little bit in a corner. You look down at the speed, and you're doing forty five miles an hour. Yeah. I think this is perfect. This is actually the third you know, when John was talking to our audience, a couple of hundred people. He, well, the first thing he said was. Nobody needs one of these. No, no, no. I mean, you don't. That's a great yeah, departure point. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could see. I could see the appeal of one. 
unendingly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, should we move on to an all-new car that isn't all-new car, yeah. but it's a sort of new version of an old car, which is the Volkswagen ID Buzz, which is, I don't know, the camper redefined? For a car- what, are the, what was it called? Microbus. Yeah. Redefined, is that fair? Yeah. It's the first, for the time being, you can buy two versions of a, a sort of classic panel van, mm. you know, white van, except the one that I was in was red, mm-hmm. but it was a, an empty, you know, tin space, and a, five, a, a, a five-seater, you know, very well-trimmed, um, similar size to the to the outgoing T six T six I think mm. yeah I think yeah. so you've got uh, T I've got a actually. California I never know whether it's a T what T oh, number it is but it's a, yeah. but it's a, it's a newish you know it's 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 the thing that's still current mm. similar size similar driving position similar visibility but much more refined um, better damped better suspension more my I always feel because mine's a camper, it's at the upper end of the tyre loadings and you sort of slightly wonder whether it doesn't need a little bit more rubber on the road. This thing right. felt really good, turned in well. Pretty good ride, you know, mm. long wheelbase, of course, wheels at, at the extremity, so no pitching. Um, very quiet, steered nicely. I, I could imagine just using one as a, you know, wouldn't be so good in the middle of London, but, it, but for, for other things, mm. pretty good car. Would suit your family, you know, given that a professional musician well, in the family. That. Well, well, you, well, you say that, but I don't know if you get to the a music festival in the Lake District and you've got to drive home at one in the morning. Maybe it's not the perfect. What is the range of a of an ID Buzz? Well, they, the, I got in the car and it showed three hundred and nine miles on okay. the, on, but mm. um, it pretty soon dropped. Yeah, the WLTP claim is two fifty six, and I estimate from my my couple of hours of driving and what you know I tried to measure the miles I'd done versus what was still predicted I reckon that I'd be very surprised if you couldn't get 270 out of it okay so from the lakes with a full um, yeah with a full tank of battery you might you could be alright that would be alright wouldn't it I mean 270 is a usable sort of it is. range isn't it yeah, yeah. It's and it's, a, it's, it's it handles fast charging so okay I, I thought it was a I thought it was a, a, a good machine. Of mm. course, the California, I should tell you, my diesel thing, mm. when you fill it up, it, it, it predicts 650 miles of range. So, you know, from here to the south of France. It's quite nice, though, isn't it? It I is do, good. I do quite like that. Yeah, I do quite like that. It's presumably because the battery is underneath. It's a pretty flat floor. and Yeah, you know, it's an ideal vehicle for that. And, and you don't... The floor feels natural. It feels like my car. So oh, really? it's, not, it's not compromised in any way. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a nice thing. I mean, a lot of money. Though I think the even the Bogo um, van is forty seven or something. And I think you for the top end five seater um, you pay sixty and a bit sixty two. Okay. Okay. There's going to be an all wheel drive. There's going to be a seven seater and there's going to be a camper van. Oh, and there's going to be a hot one, a GTX. Okay. I mean, a GTX camper four wheel drive is going to be all the money, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, they'll want. 90 for that one, they they want 80 yeah, 90 I or more. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be 80 plus. Yeah. yeah, but I tell you what, the appeal of that, if you were to put, uh, I follow a couple of sort of high riding camper van accounts on Instagram and stuff like that. If you were to put a, a bit of a lift and some chunky wheels on it, you could overland a bit, get to where you're going, and uh, you've got pretty decent power with you all the time, haven't you? Yeah, so you know, you can. Oh, you yes, can, run yeah, it. Yeah, so you could, you, you know, you've got a plug socket with you rather than having to run a generator or so stuff on the roof or that, whatever. That you know, must you be an important advantage, I would think, yeah, run the fridge and all that. Yeah, and I remember Jeep's, 
the guys from Jeep saying that that they think it could be. I mean, the problem in running a Jeep in a, in America on electric power alone is that you may end up in the middle of nowhere without somewhere to charge it. But if you had a range extended battery power Jeep, you could get excellent off road ability because you can put the power very carefully where you want when you want to whichever yeah. wheel you want to. And then if you do get to the middle of the sticks and you want to run a grill, you know you've got yeah. you've got the power to do it. And when you stop, run you a can tool or whatever, you know, crank you up your fifty-inch flat-screen telly. Yeah, know. exactly. You can sit back and kick back and watch it. So yeah. from that point of view, I quite like the I quite like the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of that. Yeah, uh, right. We are about halfway through, a bit more than halfway through today's pod. So I think we will disappear for a quick advertising break. Remember, you can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com and we will be right back after these ads. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So welcome back to My Week in Cars. Uh, Steve, we have a letter of sorts about um, something I put on social the other day, actually. that I posted a picture of a car I'd just driven, a 911 resto mod, Porsche 911 resto mod by a, a Oxfordshire-based place called Theon Design. And it was a 964, uh, but it looks much older. They've done some metal work to extend the bonnet out the front to look like a classic 911. They've done all kinds of other stuff. Anyway, I put a little picture up on Twitter. And then uh, Travis Okulski from Car and Driver, not necessarily related to my tweet, but I think I think so. He said, he effectively... Lads, you do realise not all resto mods have to be 911s, don't you? <laughs> you know, other cars are other cars are available, and I take his point because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So Theon Design have done half a dozen over the last six years or so five six years or so. Singer do them in the in the states. Gunter Works do them in the states. Tuthill Hill Porsche, which is not far from here, just up the road in Oxford, do them. Uh, oh blimey, there's more. Cam do a 912C. There's a Raoul Welt, I think, in Japan, I do that. But but there's loads of Porsche 911 resto mods, and but having spoken to a couple of them, so the Adam who runs Theon and the guys from Gunther Works, they say, well, the thing about 911s is that although they do ordinary road cars like the Carrera twos and fours, ordinary, they're still nice sports cars, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They also, which are spot welded and everything like you know most production cars are, if you have a look underneath, they quite often have mounting points for wider suspension ready built so that when Porsche wants to make racing cars they just mount the wider suspension on the chassis bits that are already strengthened and ready to accept it and if you get the work right workshop manuals it tells you where to seam weld them to stiffen the shells to before you put the cages in them to go racing and stuff like that that is so very Porsche just, isn't it it's That's very Porsche isn't it yeah so they're just ready for it they're just, re- they're just ready to accept 
these mods very But I like your easy. idea. I've read, I've read, happened to have read your column. Mm. Oh, that's very kind. And of it, me. Uh, and it's there. It is the, the uh, there. It is the revolutionary um, suggestion that what we need is a resto modded Hillman Hillman Imp, yeah. such as you have in your garage, such right as now. I have thirty yards away from where we're sitting yeah. right now, mate. Yeah. So there's because all of these nine elevens. Well, a lot of rest, all these resto mods in general, most of them are half a million quid, or the, or the number starts with a three at least, and then there's quite a lot. Of, quite often, there's the oh yeah, plus local taxes, and oh well yeah, maybe plus the donor, and it depends what condition the yeah, donor yeah. is in. I I would love, and we've talked about this a bit on this show before, haven't we? About the idea of a cheaper resto mod for a start, and uh, I like small cars. You like small cars. Um, David Brown at Sil of Silverstone does the minis, which push so 80 to 100 grand depending but yeah I think a Hillman Imp which weighs they're about 700 750 basic weight I think kilos if you put a uh, glass fibre doors bonnet boot on it and some thinner glass or yep. plastic polycarbonate in the windows you take a few kilos out you take out the rear seat so you'd lose a because you'd Nobody's going to use. But all that business is straighten up the front wheels, get the straighten up front line. wheels. Yeah, if you if you lower them, I think that apparently that sorts out the handling very very well. A, a slight drop in the suspension, and then if you moved the uh, radiator to the front, which you might want to, and the battery to the because they're always overheated, didn't they? Yeah. So a bloke wrote to me about that when I wrote about mine in Classic and Sports Car. He said the problem is is that it, people didn't maintain them properly, so they've got a fan and a radiator in the rear engine bay. And he said that, of course, the, the air would come underneath the car, get sucked into the radiator, and a lot of that air has just got crud and dust and everything all over it. So actually, if you didn't clean them, the core, the core out well enough, then it would overheat. But actually, a well-maintained one is fine. Oh, okay. But I'd want a bit more power than is standard, which probably means you'd want to move the cooling to somewhere a bit more efficient. Yeah. And I was thinking, because I think the later imps made 55 horsepower standard, which is probably not enough, really. Uh, and I thought, well, maybe an engine swap might be the thing. But you think some imp engines are taking well, there up are, to twelve hundred? <clears throat> there are some imps that have been highly modded, mm. uh, and I think I, I could be wrong about this, but I think you they take it, they bore them out through the water jackets, fit new new uh, liners, and and I think they can go as far as twelve hundred or eleven fifty or something like that. And at that stage, you've probably got ninety horsepower, which yeah, is okay, still still it? not. Yeah. But, but that's getting you know, up towards at, what I'd what I'd like at nine grand, you know, and all that. So you get you get <laughs> you get the sort of lovely because they always did rev, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful engine. It's a Coventry Carmax based aluminium and alloy looks, engine, and it looks lovely. It looks great, and it's cantered over slightly so it fits under that sort of yeah. low rear deck. And it's a really yeah, it's a really good looking engine, and it would be nice to keep yeah. the original engine. I mean, I you 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 could as as you also suggested, you could you could do the the big talky BMW flat twin motorcycle yeah. engine. I've got a 1250 GS and it, you know, that's 130 horsepower or something. That's good, isn't it? And quite a lazy 130. Yeah. Because I like the idea of... <coughs> Very talky. Yeah, of, of talky engines. In you know, pulls from two, no problem. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Because there's this um, shift cam system that uh, that that uh, gives you, you know, a huge envelope of power mm. of torque, I mean. Yeah, that's cool. So it would work, but I still like the idea of keeping the, the Carpentry Climax. It would be nice, wouldn't it? It would be nice. And, yeah. it, keep, and it gives it some points in its DVLA, yeah, yeah. Uh, keeping its original registration. I should just thing. say that since we are um, uh, recording this in, in your house for the <laughs> yeah. second time out of 10 or whatever it is, 
And your garage is a is a thirty yards away. I am going to request a, a quick peep. No, we should have a quick tour before you go, mate. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Of that and the and the Baja bug. I need to see the bug. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're both they're both in the garage at the minute. There's not a lot of room around them, which is a problem because I've got the bike in the garage because I'm going to probably service it before moving it back out and moving things around. So no, there's that's a fine. Work just want to clock them. Yeah, all. do. Yeah, do. Uh, yeah, and people do fit bike engines in cars, don't they? But I don't. The sort of revy four cylinder stuff always feels didn't really work, buzzy. did it? No, it was done for a little while. Do you remember there were? I mean, we a bunch of autocar people raced uh, a um, Honda engined Caterham at, oh, yeah. at Nurburgring, mm. um, and I <clears throat> in the days when when um, uh, you know Colin Goodwin and and uh, Monkey yeah. you know worked for us yeah, and they. They, I think they came something ser- seriously good, like tenth out of well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And wasn't uh, it was one of those results that caused the Nurburgring to say, "Oh, you can't race open wheel, open you know, open wheeled yeah. cars." And the Caterham use it as the too fast to race yeah, yeah. advertising Crazy, marketing yeah. line, don't they? Yeah. I love the, the the thing that was good was it because I remember them coming back saying the thing that was amazing was it because it was you know didn't have much of a top speed. Hmm. Every time you passed somebody, you either had to do it into or out or in the middle of a corner. <laughs> yeah. And then doing that in the Nürburgring, still coming home in the first dozen cars, that's pretty good, isn't it's it? It's really impressive, I think. Especially in a high-speed track like that, where yeah. the top speed on that long straight is big. I mean, yeah. all the it's a real high-speed circuit. Yeah. Mind you, Harris, Chris Harris, was a good pedaler even yeah, then. Totally. Yeah, totally. Good then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, <clears throat> but it was a proud moment. Mm. But the point was it was noisy. Mm. And I think that that... Um, <clears throat> that that era of Hayabusa and uh, and um, um, you know big Honda engine um, cars like that passed. There are some around, but they there's no reverse gears and all, no, all sorts of exactly. nonsense. And yeah, yeah. people didn't quite get on with the straight line shifting either. Mm. Yeah, I drove one by uh, I think it was MK Sports Cars. I think about two years ago, which is which is got one but when I open the engine bay one and you see this tiny engine I think well, you've succeeded in putting a small engine in but now the rest of the car's too big yeah and they're just as a road car I always find them quite buzzy and uh, you know you sort of can sit at 4, 000, four to 5,000 rpm on a cruise and it's just I don't know as a as a track day thrash I, I get it although they're pretty noisy uh, but as a road car they don't they don't do it for me so the idea of and the clutches can be a bit weak, can't they? Because yeah, I think so. You're talking about even in a catering, you're talking about 500 to 600, mm. and a bike is what you know a, a, a sort of um, you know a sports bike is 200 yeah, kilograms. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, I think you're right. I think, I mean, but I, and I didn't know that you could get a, an imp as big as 1200 cc. Well, that's I, pretty, I, pretty I, good. I, Someone will know. Out Someone there. will but, know. Someone but, will write to us. But yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you can go over the over the liter. Mm. Somebody should write to us, and you can do at autocar at haymarket.com. Uh, Steve, let's return to your column. And Geely and Renault have got a uh, a new engine relationship. Yeah, I was just taken with the with the stats that that came out with this story. That you know that they clearly see a future for for you know internal combustion engine production they're talking I think they said something like 19,000 people working in this business which is going to have headquarters in London separate mm-hmm. business 17 factories around the world and three R&D centers you know and, and it seems to me that that's that that promises 
you know, quite a few years of a future. I yeah. mean, there is a if if um, hybrids are going to go to 2035, then then there is a future. Of course, there mm. is. Is kind of more than a decade, but yeah. But it's 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 not the it's not the fashionable thing to talk about, is it? No, it's funny, isn't it? And it's also you know that twenty thirty five that's in an advanced technological and pretty small continent like Europe, isn't it? And yeah. The rest of there are lots of places in the rest of the world where that electric infrastructure still won't be in place. Even yeah, and you you wonder whether the whether it's it's deemed to be as important out there as you know in, in other places it mm. is here, you know, yeah. Africa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it Carlos Tavares said the other day? Somebody said the other day. I don't want to misquote him, but somebody said the other day, getting a reliable, high-powered infrastructure into India would take decades. Yeah, you know, to, yeah. that they could run on EVs. Yeah, and that's interesting, isn't it? Though, because I think some niche manufacturers do wonder whether their next engine to put in small cars might come from. Yeah, but maybe it's it. Yeah, Geely and Renault for yeah. the start, and via. Nissan and Mitsubishi, who are also participants in this, I mm. think. And so Nissan's got a design studio in London already, isn't it? We don't know if this is in the same spot or thereabouts, This their headquarters for these. Yeah, there's a studio, but I think there are other support functions as well. And they, okay. You could imagine um, there being space for other stuff, yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. Cool. Exciting stuff. Cheers. Exciting stuff. Uh, right, I reckon we've got time for one more. So on the way down to... Uh, the London Brighton the other week I was driving through some lanes and just kept having to come to a stop as people just just stopped moved to the middle of the road because it was pretty wet as you know any time I'd see a puddle they'd slow right down move to the middle of the road dare drive through the puddle just just refused frustrating really frustrating and I just think look you know you don't want to hack into flood water at you know 60 miles an hour do you but and you know you shouldn't drive into flood water at all so they say but I just think actually a, a public service would be just to run the tires into the edge of the puddle a bit. You can take a judgment, can't you? You know, yeah. you can take a, you can see how deep it, to an extent, how deep it's going to be. You just run to the edge of it, displace that water onto the verge, into the hedge, yeah. into the ditch, the other side of the hedge. Stay on your be. side of the road too. Stay on your side of the road, so that's safer. And you start clearing that water out of the way. So anybody yeah. following, motorcyclists, cyclists. I mean, you can't do it in the middle of town, can you, where there's people walking? But do you know what I mean? You know, I do, if you're out yeah, in the sticks yeah. and you see a puddle, for God's sake, just, just, just drive through it, for God's sake. Yeah, sake, just, Actually, just it, it is funny, isn't it? I've, I was had to go place on my bike not so long ago, a motorbike, mm. and um, and every time, <clears throat> every time I was in behind a truck for a while, and every time I went through a through a, a, a puddle and another few gallons of water hit the verge, I thought, cheers, you know, thanks a lot. Yeah, because yeah. it was. He, he was clearing the water for me. It yeah. was great. Yeah, and I suspect in the same way that when they send race drivers out to do some laps to dry a circuit off, it probably wouldn't take that long to clear some of it. If you're chucking a few litres into the verge every time you go past, mm. it probably wouldn't take too long to clear some of the no to clear some of the bigger puddles. No, and the verge is probably growing merrily yeah, because of the look, much happier because of think it. of the nature yeah, exactly. benefiting. Do anybody a favour. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, that brings us about to the end of this week's podcast episode 10 which will become episode 11 as of next week great and stuff that's it. we'll just carry on we'll now just the carry garage on. Uh, yeah we're going to have a look at the garage so uh thank you steve uh thank you for listening at home or in the car or wherever you are remember you can write to us at autocar at haymarket.com you can find uh all of our stuff at autocar.co.uk or 
in the magazine which is available on digital subscription or in print as it has been since 1895 we're also uh, over on YouTube where there's an 800,000 subscriber channel we've got other podcasts as well there's a bunch of electric car electric podcasts going up this one uh, about you know the electric cars that handle that's mm. uh, that's I found that really interesting oh we had a listen yeah oh good Oh, good. Yeah, interesting feature, I thought. Well, I think it's crucial. Yeah. You know, we, we need to know that, that, that enjoyable cars are still out yeah, there. Yeah, because Whatever I mean, they're powered by. Yeah, and also, you know, there are people, because we get letters, don't we, people going, I'm not that interested in EVs at the moment, but there are companies whose whole existence depends on making us want them. Yeah. I mean, Porsche's got to make us want an electric Cayman pretty soon. Yeah. It's not. I think yeah. I'm going to want one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm intrigued, actually. I'm really intrigued. Actually, I had a... So there is a podcast with um, James Disdale, our contributor, and also chassis um, di- vehicle dynamics guru David Pook, who runs Life 110, which is the Alpine A110 specialist. And we were talking about vehicle weight, and of course the A110 weighs 1,100 kilos or whatever. And he says, you know, if you imagine that that's electric, that would only be 1,500 kilos still, which is not... I mean, it's heavier than 1100, but it's still not that much, is it, in terms yeah. of sports car handling? Anyway, that podcast with David will be out very soon, too. And as the ambulance goes up the road, Steve and I <laughs> will sign off, uh, go and look at an imp, and we'll see you next time. Okay, see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.